You're listening to the Heat Factory Podcast with Owen Robb and Professor Dr. Rob Stevens, PhD. All right, so Robert, our topic tonight is paywall article sites. Are they beneficial? Question mark. <laughs> so this was brought on by a discussion earlier this morning about a article written by John Ang on sixprizes.com. And he wrote an autobiography about his career in the TCG. Some critics panned it and said that it didn't provide crucial deck information or meta-analysis or deck analysis or anything of that competitive nature, that it was just a history or a story. Rob, what are your thoughts on John's or any player writing an article that's not meta-defining or a metaphorecast or air quotes competitive pertinent information behind a paywall? So I think that this is a complicated issue, and it's one that I should start by saying, and I think we should both reveal kind of our relationship to paywalls and whether or not we've paid for them and what we've done in the past. So here's mine. I have edited a site. I used to edit for Team Rockets, and I did that for a relatively short period of time, but I had a subscription during that time, and it was a lot of fun editing, but I just got a little too busy with the podcast and things like that. So I saw a lot of paywall content then, and then I also used to put out Pokey Puzzles for about six to eight months, and I pay, I charged about 4 to $5 a month on that. It was a lot of fun. I had, I don't know, not a ton of subscribers, but I was, and I was really just kind of like breaking even, making very little money. I did it, it was more about liking doing it than it was about making money or anything like that. So I've seen some paywall content. I think a problem in the community is that we expect everything to be free or as cheap as possible without realizing how expensive things can be. I think this goes for tournaments. I think it goes for a lot of things. Paying for cards. I think it goes for coaching, that sort of thing. Those are all valuable services that take a lot of work. And a lot of the TCG community doesn't want to pay for those things. And I appreciate those who do. I don't currently pay for a paywall. I do, however, currently subscribe to online streamers, and so I am you know, putting in money for content. I think that's important to do if you can do it. And I think that what John did is maybe a risk because that's not typically what we think of as competitive content, but I think that what people mostly think of as competitive content, I wonder how much people actually even read competitive content. I think mostly what they read is deck lists, and I think people put way too much emphasis on how important deck lists are I think we could learn from the biography of players, assuming they're well-written and well-done, which I assume John's was. And I think that we can become better players if we take the steps that they took to become better players. I'm not saying that every single week we should, if you're paying for a quote-unquote competitive website with a paywall, that there should be biographies. But I think if this was one time, that doesn't seem problematic to me. I think John is a player who's been a strong player for a long time. I think put his biography out there is, it's kind of a little bit of a risk. I mean, you're opening yourself up for criticism. And I think it could teach us something about how to become a better player. I think you mentioned that this article is relatively long, 7,000 words or so. 7,000 right? words. It's their long, it's Six Prizes longest article of 2020. And 7,000 words, just for context, I'm an English professor, so I can easily convert that. That's about 28 pages double-spaced, or like 14 or 15 pages single-spaced. That's a long article. John put a lot of work into that. You're not going to type that up in 15 minutes. It's not like he you know, he put an hour, 
at very least. I would be surprised. It probably took him several hours to write that. So, but count, I think. But counterpoint, uh, it's way easier to write about your past history than it is to write a seven thousand word article about ADPZ or baby blounds. Sure, that's and that's fair. That's fair, but that doesn't mean that it's not hard work. It might be easier, but it's still hard. I mean, seven thousand words is seven thousand words. I want anyone to just sit down and try to type free thought seven thousand words, and I doubt you'll do it in anything less than, you know, two hours, uh, if not more than that. So I think John and Six Prizes probably took a little bit of a risk there, and I can see, you know, it's understandable. Look, when I put out Poke Puzzles, people got really mad that I even was charging for them at, at the outset. I had one guy who commented on every single Poke Puzzle I published saying that I shouldn't be charging and that it's a ripoff and I, you know, should put these things out for free. And it was super annoying because I spent hours on that content. Hours. I mean, I would have the table in my basement set up with cards, trying different combinations, trying to make them interesting and difficult. And it just seems crazy to me that I would be doing that for free. And I think people undervalue content in general. And I understand people want competitive content. I understand they want deck lists, but there's a really easy solution if you're not satisfied with just to unsubscribe. And I'm not advocating anyone to unsubscribe six prizes. I think the Shemanskis do great work, but that's my opinion. I am pro paywall. Also, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and they took a leap of faith. It's not like there's a regionals. I guess you could count the Limitless tournaments as a big tournament, but there's not a Pokemon sanctioned regionals right now. We're also on the tail end of uh, this block of the format with Rebel Clash coming becoming legal within the next three weeks. It actually drops tomorrow as the recording yeah, of this no, podcast. It's, it's live on Pokemon. It's live on Pokemon TCGO right now. So, you know, I'd rather have an honest biography of a player than a crappy set review, which so many set reviews are that. No offense to anyone who does set reviews. We need those. But that's my opinions. I think go six prizes, go John Ang. You didn't want your sixth ADPZ article that's going to rotate? No, look, if you want to get better at the game, your sixth ADP article is not going to help you. Playing games and thinking critically about your play and not thinking that everything is the fault of your list, but rather that you are sequencing badly or something like that, those are the ways to analyze and get better at the game. Right, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Um, if, sure. if Six Prizes wrote five other articles about ADPZ, hopefully they've covered every... Uh, nook and cranny of how that deck operates and in all its matchups by now they don't really need to publish a sixth one if you're really in the demand for a 680 pz list i think it's great that john posted a biography uh, gives a little bit of variety in reading material basically so i'm gonna go into my thoughts a little bit so yeah i do agree like John Ang definitely put in a lot of work. 7K words is nothing to scoff at. And I think it's fine behind us, uh, a paywall. And I think you said that it's about 38 pages double space, which is... 28, 28. 28, which is essentially uh, just shy of a short novel, really. So, and you wouldn't necessarily pay for that, right? It's a very long short story. A novella is like 35 plus pages. So yeah, a little short. So John basically wrote a novella about his TCG career, which, I mean, if you're interested in that, I think that's a fine purchase or use of your subscription money on six prizes especially with the lull of lack of tournaments but anyways a lot of critics were panning john's article saying that it's a biography and example the heat factory we post plenty of player interviews which go on for 50 plus minutes 
And why are why is that behind a paywall when you can just listen to interviews for free on podcasts or watch Azul play games for free or watch Andrew Mahone play games for free? And there's all this free content and deck lists are free on Limitless. Uh, why why is why are they sticking a non competitive article behind a paywall? And it really the thing is like all those free websites uh, or free content media pieces aren't really free. They're getting compensated in ads and twitch primes and donations and bits and and you're paying for them by looking at those ads and doing all that yeah and even limitless who gives you tournament reports and deck lists they have a little bit of skin in the game um i mean they have products to sell they write some articles they have their own podcasts they're getting compensated in other ways so I think it's fair that John Ng gets compensated for his long novella about his life in the TCG. If you go to Six Prizes right now, there's not – I don't see any ads. So they're not getting compensated in ad revenue. And they also don't get enough traffic to warrant and pay writers. I think their writing staff's like eight or nine of them, at least frequent writers. I'm sure they have guest writers on from time to time. So that number is actually higher. But you can't pay your writers on Google AdSense. Um, if you actually go to Six Prizes right now, it seems like most of the articles, they don't even get, they get less than 500 views. CPM, it's basically what Google AdSense pays you for per thousand views. And like a CPM, like for a YouTube video is only like what, maybe like a dollar or two if you're really lucky. But Six Prizes is not littered with ads and neither is Polka Beach and other article websites. The only ads you might see are like TC. I have seen a couple of TCG player ads on some websites, but not many. So I think it's fair that John gets compensated in that fact. And I think it's fair that six prizes have paywalls in general. We should just, I can probably just talk about that for a little bit. I think it's fine that if there is a demand for a product and it can be supplied, then there's no harm in supplying that product for a price. If article websites having a paywall was if the demand was basically zero, then six prizes would just pack up their bags and keep their information secret. And that's it. The end. Right. But there is people out there. There are people out there that want, they want in-depth analysis and meta forecasting and set reviews and stuff of that nature, competitive content. So I think paywalls are fine in general. And I, I, I do like six prizes taking a little bit of a risk and posting uh this is not a typical article i don't think in my years of looking at six prizes i don't think they've posted any biographical materials and i think this is fine i think that's rare for any website to do i think it's kind of cool that they did that i mean we do we do a uh, biographical material but uh not in written form and most of it's in media form I will say, when it comes to paywall sites, there is a ceiling. Though we'll give that disclaimer that they're not—they're not these magical like cheat books, basically. That you are going to get the winning deck every time, or you're going to get the best analysis. I want to believe that people will put their best foot forward, but maybe in a future episode, we can Rob and I can grade whose websites actually produce the best content because. Not always will you find 100%. You won't find people laying their hand down, showing you their aces. Sometimes you'll see the same ADP list reprinted over and over with a few changes, analysis, matchups, incorrect, incorrect matchup analysis, meta forecasting that might be somewhat manipulative. I mean, everybody talks about in memes that meta manipulation is like some sort of like meme joke. 
But I mean, it does it does happen. You hype a deck and then everybody scrambles to play the best thing that beats it, right? So there is, I think there is a little bit of a ceiling that these people are also have skin in the game and they have some sort of incentive to win the tournament or manipulate the tournament into their favor. But yeah, what I'm basically saying is that you kind of need to judge for yourself whether or not these article websites are for you, basically. Yeah, I think the thing that I always rely on is the hours of work put into this. I mean, it's not just the person writing the article. It's the person uploading it. It's the person maintaining the site. It's thinking about new content. It's the testing that goes into it. And people don't always understand that. Yes, I agree, I guess, with that sentiment. But on the other hand, I think people want everything for free or, I, th- I don't know. I guess the counter argument is that... They want their money for nothing and their chicks for free. Sure. In the words of Dire Straits. Of course. Wrapping things up. We, we're talking about article paywalls in general. I don't think a lot of people are against it. I think it's a small vocal minority. Well, and they're discontent with one article. I mean, that's silly. If you're discontent with one article, but every other article is gold, like, it's ridiculous to get upset about that. You can't love everything they produce, you know? Right, and uh, and the dissenting opinion wasn't super common. Right. I think most people were fine that John Ang posted some sort of biographical material as his article slot for the month. All right, well... I think that's a good discussion of paywalls. I think paywalls is a complicated topic, and ultimately you can decide for yourself if you want to subscribe to a paywall or not. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think about paywalls, whether or not you subscribe to one. We'd love to hear your opinions. We'd love to get a discussion going. And thanks to those who brought up this conversation. Even if you don't agree with what you're saying, I think this is the sort of thing that is important to talk about in the community. I think that these issues often get kind of overlooked in their importance. And Owen, why don't you read me in? Uh, Robert, why don't you go ahead and plug our stuff for the people? Thanks for listening to the Heat Factory podcast. I'm Rob Stevens, and my co-host is Owen Rob. And you are our awesome listeners. Please make sure to rate our podcast on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It does actually help us out a whole lot. The music you're listening to now is Hack by Cole Friday. You can find his music on YouTube. And our intro music was by Frank Persick, who you can contact on Twitter, at Pokey Persick. Thanks for listening. See you all soon.